Today's message is so crucial, and I'm going to give you about five points. I have 27. It shows you how I regularly prepare my messages. We've uh, finally got, we finally just started doing a fourth service, and uh, when I get done the third service, they put me into a TV studio, and they have me finish my message, because I'll spend weeks on a message, put in 27 points, and give you three or five. And uh, they just, we're just trying to get the rest of the content in there and then get it out to you as soon as we can. But today I want to talk to you about what, what Christians uh, struggle with. And, and I'm, I'm going to use a biblical term because it's impossible to find um, a definition for the, some of the Bible words. So I'm going to talk today about are you still conformed? Are you still conformed? To this world. One of the greatest problems I see in people who are new and have given their lives to Jesus Christ is when the churches or whoever leads them to Christ gives them this teaching that you're a brand new creation, God's going to look after you. Now that's not, that's biblically accurate, but it's at the end of a certain process that I want to explain to you. Because the Bible teaches us that we cannot be conformed to this world and that that is in our hands. Over the years, I've watched people come to know Jesus and when things didn't go right, when their prayers uh, didn't work for them, they begin to fall right back into the same messes that controlled them before. I see Christians who've been believers for years, followers of Christ, begin to get involved in some kind of pain, a storm, a relationship situation, physical, relational, uh, mental, financial, and their lives radically go back into the things that they escaped from and that God had brought them out of. This is a sign of people who are still conformed to this world. And there is a place, there are two kinds of Christians uh, that I've noticed as a pastor over these decades. There are those who have worked out the transformation of their lives, and there are those who have not. When you do not work out the transformation that is in, and I'm going to explain to you how to do it, how to measure yourself. I'm going to give you a test on how to examine yourself. Because if you are still conformed to this world, even as a believer of Christ, a follower of Christ, and even though you are born again, you will still live in hell until you die and get to heaven. Born-again people are struggling with suicides, adultery, addiction. They're angry, depressed, sad, um, destroying their relationships, unable to really walk out the joy and the laughter that only Jesus can bring. Here are some signs of somebody who is still conformed. Someone whose soul, which is your mind, your emotions, that they have not done the transformation process. Here you are. Here, give me, let me give you eight signs of someone who's still conformed. Okay, there is a lack of Bible knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, and it'll make them die. Perish. You will die in areas of your life if without, an, without a Bible knowledge. The Bible says, my people perish. They die. They can die in their marriages, die in their health, die in their mental health, die in their relationships, die in their death just comes in these areas. Number two, if they are controlled by the desires of the flesh, sex, food, money, power, 
power, etc. That if they do not, if, if they're controlled by these things, then they, are, they have never transformed. And so Romans 8, 5 teaches us that. Three, they are weak, indecisive, double-minded in their lives. James 1, 8, then you are still conformed to this world. Number four, if you fantasize on the negative, if, you're, if you have feelings that are unable, if you are unable to control your thoughts, then you are still conformed to this world. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 backs that up. Number five, if you refuse to change, you're always defending your past behavior and making excuses for yourself, then Proverbs 9, 7-9 teaches us that, that you're still conformed to this world. You'll defend what you're doing rather than changing. Number six, if you, you're spending all your time on natural, earthly, material things, Colossians 3, 1 to 2 says, you have no discipline to dive into the Word, get to church, renew your mind, listen to messages. You just spend all your time trying to find something to keep your mind peaceful. And, and it can be fine things. It's just golfing, walking, hockey, sports, movies, etc. But you spend all your time on natural things. It, it, it shows you've you're still conformed to the world. If you allow, number seven, if you're allowing emotions to control your attitudes and your behaviors, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, then you are still conformed to this world. Number eight, if you're allowing fear, anger, bitterness, gossip, negative thinking to consume you, Philippians 4, 8, then you are still conformed to this world. Christians need to know the truth. The truth is that you can be born again. You can be spirit-filled. And if you don't do the process I'm going to talk about today and show you how, you will live no different than the life you had before because you, won't, you, you, you refuse to walk out transformation. God created you for two reasons. To be like Him and to be close to Him. Let me say that again. God created you for two reasons. To be like Him. To be close to Him. God said, let us make man in our image. A stunning thing to say. We need to know what God is like. We need to go to His Word to see what is the image of God. What is His attitude? What are His behaviors? What is His personality like? And when you do, you begin to become how you see God. Take a look at religions around the world today. And by the way, I believe that if they'll walk in peace, that other religions have a freedom to develop and grow. Freedom in a country isn't just freedom to Christianity. It's freedom for each person to choose their lives, to choose what they believe, what they think. And I know there's many people who are going to disagree with us, but I want them to have the freedom. You can't control, you can't legislate Christianity either. But we need to know that we are made in the likeness and the image of God. And if you see God as an angry uh, guy that will put cancer on you, give you an accident to get your attention, that he'll bankrupt your business, then you see this angry God who needs to use hurtful, harmful means to teach you something, then you will become the very image of the God that you serve, the God that you see. Therefore, it is crucial that you know the Word of God, which is the thoughts, the feelings, the thinking, the way God is, is written to us here.
And so that is why we need. And the greatest place to look that you'll figure out the easiest is Jesus, who came to this planet, and he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what God is like. Follow Jesus from street to street. There are two sides to your salvation. There are two sides to this relationship that you have with God. Number one, there's a legal side. When you get into the Word of God, you'd better understand from the cross to the throne, which outlines a brand new legal covenant. A covenant is a legal document. There is a legal spiritual covenant between a born-again believer and God. And if they don't know the legal side of their Christianity, man, it is hard to serve God. And so what Jesus' death burial, resurrection, and his ascension to the right hand of the Father, everything in the cross to the throne teaching is the legal side of your rights, your inheritance, your privilege, who you are, who God is. You need to know this legal side. Then there's an experiential side to following Christ. This is where you experience Him, His love, His joy, His miracles, prayer, meditation, laughing, enjoying Him. People who only focus on the legal side are dry, boring, religious. But people who don't look at the legal side and only look at the experiential side, it's all about experiencing God. And because they don't know the Word, they get off in crazy tangents doing stupid things just because it feels good. They'll have services that, that it's not even a biblical thing that's going on in there, but it doesn't matter. God wants us happy. We're experiencing, at least for the next 60 minutes, whatever crazy thing they're doing. So we need the legal side of knowing God's word and what your rights and privileges are. What did Jesus win? And then we do need this prayerful enjoyment of Jesus, the laughter, the joy. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. It's a feeling of, of being right with God. No shame. It's a feeling of knowing who you are. So then it says, and of righteousness, peace, and joy. And joy. There's a difference. Listen close to this. This is such a formational message today. There is a difference between spirit salvation and soul salvation. God has provided a gift to you and I, and this salvation is a gift that is yours, and you instantly, upon believing on Jesus, become a brand new creation. And as you go, and I haven't got time to walk you through promises in every area, on every point that I'm making, but this is your spirit man, alive with the presence of Jesus. This is your nature. This is who you are. You are a spirit with a soul living in this earth suit. Okay? Spiritual death is to be separated from the life-giving presence of God. Physical death is simply to be separated from your physical body. You will still live on for eternity. So this salvation that when you first give your life to Jesus, you are born again in your spirit and all the power you will ever need to now make your body a living sacrifice and to renew your mind is there, the very presence and the power of God. So this gift of salvation, you're a brand new creation with a brand new nature. You do not have two natures like the old NIV translation and other translations who have literally been, um, people have experts have said, what are you doing? Because whenever the Bible says flesh, 
they went and put nature in. And, and that's incorrect because it makes it look as if you have two natures. Like you're just this person with two natures. No, you don't. You only have one nature as a born again believer because that comes out of your spirit. And Jesus is there. And the rest are simply learned desires, learned ways of thinking. So let me talk to you about this, a bit, this transformation. And let me give you a few quick thoughts. You can change. You can change to make your life what you want it to be. You can. You can change. You know, if you're in a city and you've got the wrong map, it doesn't matter how good your attitude is, how positive your confession is, you're going to stay lost. You're never going to arrive at the destination. You have the wrong map. So many Christians who don't get into God's Word and do this process have the wrong map. All they can do is find a few verses that say, well, God's in control and He's going to look after me. Well, that's true if you are literally transformed. There are so many Christians today with the wrong map. Now, as you get into God's Word, you've got to understand you can change. Let me give you another thought. The new birth, as I said, it changes your spirit. But the renewing of the mind is what changes your soul. Now let's talk about this. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world. If you are conformed to this world, you're still unhappy and sad and depressed, and you have still got an image of what you grew up with, the image of your mother, the image of your father, the image has been transplanted into you from the actions and the beliefs of a child have, are making up who you are. And because you have not gone through this transformation process, you are still conformed to how you were raised, how you were taught, and to this world. And the Bible says the God of this world is not the king of glory. The God of this world on this planet is the enemy, Lucifer, the dark kingdom. So don't be conformed to this world, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove, that means live it out, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to understand that we have an ability to, with what God's placed in our spirit and with what God's word says, that you can now change the way you think, believe, feel, emotions, your will, your dreaming. Oh, man, does it change your life. But if you don't transform, if you do not renew your mind, and this is an ongoing process every day, because as a single, so many people make great singles, you know, and, uh, and then they're believing for marriage. But once you get married, you've got to transform your mind and renew your mind to the promises of God as a married. Some people are great single, lousy married. And then once you get married and you start having kids, you've got to renew your mind to all what the Word says about faith for your family and how to handle children and raise them up, how to do it together, how to protect your family, how to make sure generations of your family go on into perpetuity, etc. So if you do not begin and work at renewing your mind in the Word every day of your life, oh my, oh my. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The message of the cross is the legal right that you have and how to live with it on this planet. 
Okay? It says here, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You will not walk in the consistent power of God unless you know your legal rights and you understand the message of the cross. You are going to hit and miss and live like the rest of the world, and that is not what you want. Conform to the world's thinking and image is a horrible way to live your entire life. Listen to Philippians 2.12. People struggle with this verse. Work out your salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, people think you got to go hand out Bibles from door to door. you got to do all these things to make God happy with you. No, 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 you don't. Salvation is a gift and your spirit man came alive deep on the inside with a new nature, with the power of God. But now this salvation needs to renew your mind. So you can make your body a living sacrifice. And it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean, fear and trembling? It means knowing there's got to be a consistency in you of getting and staying in God's word. Because if you don't, if you don't, and you begin to slide back to the thinking, the attitudes, the emotions. I meet Christians all the time, 10, 20, 30 years of serving God, and they don't stay in the Word. They love something, or whether it's the blessing of the Lord in their lives that they st stops them from getting in the Word, or whether they get pounded against by the enemy, and they don't have time to get in the Word. I don't have time to do devotions. Where do I find time with all these kids? Listen. Anytime you start feeling overwhelmed, remember, there's millions of people worse off than you and I. And don't let the excuses keep you out. We must begin to renew our minds. This is a process that is important. James 1.21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. The word soul is not the same as spirit. Like everybody messes up. The soul is your mind, your thinking and emotions, your willpower. That is the soul. The word of God saves your soul. And if you don't stay in the word, it doesn't save your soul. And you are conformed to this world, thinking and acting with attitudes and behaviors and feelings. I've seen Christians go so bad, you're almost convinced they're demon-possessed. But they just refuse to discipline themselves. And so these desires and, and moving in towards this fleshly side of them is just destroying their life. It's a laziness, folks. Listen to me. There's a laziness that goes with, well, I, you know, and then we develop doctrines. Like, well, you know, God's sovereign. And, and that's supposed to make up for the car accident, the death of a child, uh, the way you feel. You know, God's, God's got a bigger plan. No, he's got a bigger plan, and it's in the word. And if you don't get the word in your heart and in your mind, you'll be walking out the enemy's plan so that even though you die and go to heaven, you're walking out a plan you don't want, but rather than engage it and stop blaming everybody else outside of you and everything else and change the inside, you are going to continue to walk. So many people ask me, how do you stay peaceful? How do you walk in joy? The number one question people ask my kids is, is your dad the same at home as he is behind the pulpit? Because in the world, who people are on camera is often 
amazingly different than who they are in real life. And my, my kids first started hearing that, they kind of didn't know what they meant. Well, what are you talking about? But now they do, as they've grown up and seen how leadership and people can be one thing in public and then a complete other thing in their private life. And by the way, we're all affected by that. It's like when you're having an angry fit with your spouse and the phone rings and it rings and you pick it up and you go, hello, hi there. All right, you're angry and irritable and mad and all of a sudden your will can just go, hi there. You have more power than you think. You cannot say that I'm out of control. I don't know what's wrong. I do. Get in the word. Renew your mind and stop being conformed to the world's way of doing relationships, health, mental health, etc. The renewing of the mind is more than learning. As I traveled this world and spoke at amazing conferences and met wonderful leaders, there's a portion of leaders who outthink me, outtalk me, outdoctrine me, memorize ten times what I've memorized. They are so brilliant in their learning. But as I'm meeting with them, having coffee and enjoying them, I found there was no presence of God in their lives, no relationship, no healing. There was no prosperity. There was no peace. There was no joy. And so all of this brilliance of learning was was literally twisted because they couldn't get anything to work. Learning, renewing of the mind is not just learning more. It is changing you got to become aware of how you think, how you believe. you got to become aware of how God wants us to think. Focus your thoughts on God's thoughts. Practice the thoughts of God until they are your own thoughts. Live the thoughts of God in your everyday life. Renewing your mind is an ongoing process. And you've got to stay in the Word daily. You don't get to a place where you say, I have now renewed my mind. Poppycock. This renewing of the mind must be an ongoing, never-stopping thing. Every day, it's the Word that causes your spirit to be fed and to rise up. It causes your mind to stay focused on the Word of God. Do not allow the enemy room. The Bible says that you don't give them a right to mess with you. You just give them an opportunity. You see... As we begin to take a look at the renewing of the mind, it's it's a lifestyle. It's not just a one-time experience. If I had a nickel for all of the people who would talk to me about this incredible experience in their life where God touched them and healed their body, touched their mind, restored a relationship, and that's all they can talk about is an experience. I have moved on from experiences, and I love them, and I still get them. But instead, it is my lifestyle. It is so crucial that Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10 says you pull down the strongholds of wrong thinking. Pull down the strongholds of the imaginations that you have, the, the, the things that you think are true about yourself, about others, your spouse, your kids, God, society, your worldview can destroy you. Listen to the news too much and you'll simply be conformed right back into the fear-mongering that goes on. Oh, I know that there's some real things. I know it's a real deal. But man, if you allow people, they'll take handling the proper situation and explode it to a level of fear where even leaders are paralyzed and don't make good decisions. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring the wrong thoughts into captivity. Man, the Bible has so much to say about your mind. But people have gotten lazy. We too, so much TV, so many movies, so many social medias, so many sports. There's so much to do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you'd better control it. When I was a kid, I made a gun out of a piece of wood and played cops and robbers with my friend all day. We would go out into the field beside the house and throw clumps of mud at each other. I mean, today, our kids have their own iPads, their own iPhones, TV, Netflix. I mean, the list just goes on. And then these kinds of toys, they literally can't even focus on one toy for more than five minutes. We've got to teach our families, and you as a parent have to start and model and show them this incredible ability to focus on important things. And the Spirit of God and His Word are more important than the physical things. Because if you don't keep a strong inside, you will never have more than the rare experience on the outside, but you can make it a lifestyle of walking in peace, joy, victory, health, Peace means you don't have depression. It doesn't mean you have personality or emotional uh, problems. You have literally, the Word of God comes in. And I don't care what psychologist says. I have read my way through a doctorate or two when it comes to psychology and everything else. And I've counseled with people for 40 years. So I consider myself a bit of an expert at helping people. And I got news for you. The Word of God is so amazing, so life-giving, so strong that it does what the Word says. It begins to bring life. It plants the Word of God on the inside of you. Today I want to challenge you. I got so much more. Maybe we'll put more of this out onto our app. Go to the app. Actually, go to the app and I'll take this. Uh, I'm going to sit down in the studio in a while and just blast away with some more thoughts and points for you to study. But if you do not do what I say, okay, that's this is what Jesus says. If you don't do what I say, when the storms come, you'll be destroyed. This is Jesus saying this in Luke 6, 45 and on. If you don't do what I say, don't call me Lord. In other words, don't tell, you, don't tell everybody I'm in control. No, don't, don't say that because you don't even do what I say. A lot don't even know what he said. And those who do haven't even acted on it. Unless you're doing what I'm saying, don't call me Lord. And when the storm comes, you're going to be destroyed. That is such a perfect example to you and I. And so let's make sure today, as a church, all around the world as you're watching me, that this crucial, crucial issue of renewing your mind is how you save your soul. But, this, but having your spirit saved is a complete gift that went wham when you believed on Christ and you became born again. Your spirit man is filled with Jesus and sealed. Nothing's getting in there. But now, let's renew our mind. Let's make sure we understand this process. Because if you don't, if you don't learn to put off the old and put on the new, life will be a mess. You won't get a clear thought in your mind. You won't have a clear emotion established. You can't even control your behavior, let alone all your relationships and finances and the things that are around you. You'll be stuck into an inner world of turmoil because the Word needs to be implanted in your mind. And the Word will give you a strength. The Bible says we don't have the spirit of fear. Well, then what spirit do we have? We don't have the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. A spirit that loves, 
cares and a sound, disciplined mind. This is where we go as leaders who have renewed our mind with the Word of God. Father, I pray for every person listening to me today. I pray that we don't take profound foundational teaching and lay it aside as though we've arrived. I pray that everyone listening to me, every leader, all of us, would continue this incredible process that you have trained us in to renew our minds with the Word and walk in a transformational life. Father, I pray, wake us all up. And Father, for those who don't know you, help them to make a decision right now. For those that are watching, you said, Leon, you talked about this born-again experience. Maybe you tried it years ago and just found it didn't work. Well, you didn't get trained enough in the Word. So I want to lead you in a prayer of giving yourself to Jesus and accepting the gift that He has for you. Your sins have been forgiven. Your entire life, your sins have been forgiven. But it doesn't profit you till you accept it. Until you accept the Jesus that forgave you, you won't be able to live out this incredible, incredible life. And it's not just a forgiveness of sins. The Old Testament had that. It's a new life that comes in, and you become born again. If you'd like that, then just pray this prayer. Just simply say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died in my place. He paid the price for all of my sin and wrongdoing for my entire life. He died and rose again to give me His life on the inside. So Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I'm going to follow you the rest of my days. Help me to keep growing and learning in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's how beautiful, how powerful that is.